And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I want to thank R&B Car Company. Locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. was actually out there today uh, dropping off some uh, some extra stuff. And here, here's the thing, folks. I know that everybody's talking about this today. And we are, too. But I have a different angle, I think, that you might appreciate on this. And it does directly tie into Vietnam, but not the conflict necessarily in Vietnam. Although every time I talk about Vietnam, I feel the need to give you an actual history lesson since most of you don't know it. But beyond that, the politics of how Vietnam was exploited and what I am now seeing happening with Afghanistan. And I need to caution because I'm seeing the political right do it. And it's not fair. It's not appropriate. It needs to stop. But unfortunately, we've gotten to a point in our country where we will throw our men and women in uniform under the bus to win elections. That needs to end. We've been doing it since the 1960s. It must stop. It has almost always been the left, but it is happening on the right right now. It did happen on the right a little bit with with Iraq, uh, but it is happening 100% with the right right now on Afghanistan. We need to stop that. We'll get into that here in a little bit. But first, uh, go ahead and cue up my audio. I just want to remind everybody of something that happened uh, just, um, what was this, about a month ago? Something like that. Just just have a listen. Is a Taliban takeover of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. Because you have the Afghan troops have 300,000 well-equipped, as well-equipped as any army in the world, and an air force against something like 75,000 Taliban. It is not inevitable. All right. So that's Joe Biden not listening to any of his his security briefings. Now, here's the thing. Do you remember you go back to the, the Trump administration? One of the things that was constantly brought up is that he was skipping security briefings. He was, he was skipping the briefings on the SITREP in Afghanistan and Iraq. Do you remember all that? Because I've been talking about this conflict since it happened. I know that most of you are aware of my history with Iraq and, uh, you know, at a broader extent, my my unit history, if you will, in Afghanistan. I've talked about that in the past. I don't need to go into details about it. So I think some of you who have listened for an extended period of time understand that when I'm talking about these two countries, I have a fairly decent grasp of what's going on. I'm not an expert by any means. I don't pretend to be. But I have a fairly decent grasp, mostly because of my time in service. But here's the thing. All of the years you've listened to me, you have heard me say very similar things about these countries as as we've continued to talk about them. As the situation is continuing to unfold, as everything is modifying itself and the situation is changing, your understanding that my position on Afghanistan has essentially been the same. As I've told you before, Afghanistan is a tribal country. The Afghans, as you're hearing a lot about today, as I've been telling you for years, the Afghans do not see themselves as Afghans. You go back to the American Civil War, before the Civil War, there's a lot of people who today try to apply today's standards to history. We, we see that a lot. But that comes up with the Civil War, too. And occasionally you get somebody who will send you emails or they'll call you or whatever, and they don't really know anything about America back in that, that era. And they will try and apply today's standard of patriotism to back then. 
back then you were an American second. You were a citizen of your state first. Your state was your country. This concept of a unified United States of America really didn't happen until Reconstruction. Afghanistan is very much still in that state. Their tribe is their allegiance, not Afghanistan. The tribes don't like each other. They don't care what other tribes do or, or how well they're, they're doing, unless, of course, those tribes directly benefit their tribe. There are people who are trying to become nationalistic in Afghanistan. They are few and far between. And as I have said before, there is a distinct lack of warrior culture in Afghanistan, which is why for a number of years going back through the Obama administration, military commanders who are in that country have said one thing over and over and over and over again. We cannot train the Afghan military to be good enough to stand on its own. This has been routine, factual, and unchanging since we first put boots on the ground in that country. That has never altered. It has never changed. There are certain units in Afghanistan that are very good. But there aren't that many of them. If you spend any time at all watching Americans fight in Afghanistan, whether it's on YouTube or Rumble or wherever you're, you're watching your videos, you will see one theme over and over and over again. The Afghans that are embedded with our troops not doing their job. Hiding, running, pretending to fight, putting their guns over a wall while they're hiding behind the wall and just trying to shoot, not, not doing anything. That is the culture for a lot of those tribes over there. They're not warriors. It takes generations to change that. That hasn't happened. And as I have said for some time now, leaving the country as an active combatant was something we probably needed to do. We certainly needed to change the funding mechanisms of how we were putting money into that country, especially considering how corrupt this latest president has been. By the way, did you see that he fled the country with so much money he couldn't get in his plane? Did you see that? They had to use cars. The guy was skimming off at the top. He was stealing from us. We've been talking about this. Karzai wasn't any better. Karzai was bad, too. My point is that everybody, when Biden said that on July 8th, my point is that everybody at that time and before then, going back to when he was vice president through the Trump presidency through now, has known the Afghans could not stand on their own. If we were going to leave that country as an active participant in any kind of operations or anything like that, we needed to have a presence there in order to ensure that it didn't snowball out of control. Now, what that presence looked like could be varying degrees and that sort of thing. So that's what he said a month ago. Of course, he was wrong. All right, let's let's go back to just uh, let's go back to three days ago. Shall we do that? All right, cue the audio again. Let's go back to three days ago. This is the Pentagon. This is a spokesperson, John Kirby. How would you describe the situation now? Is Kabul under threat? Uh, is Kabul isolated? What is it? Right now, without getting into a battlefield assessment every day, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, of not. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, Kabul uh, is not uh, right now mm -hmm. um, uh, in an um, imminent threat environment. Okay, that was three days ago. Kabul's gone. Of course, we saw the writing on the wall with Bagram. We talked a little bit about it. I didn't spend a lot of time on it. Some of you asked me why I didn't, and. Look, I'll be perfectly honest with you. 
um, when when I told you all on this show that handing over Bagram was a fiasco, I think that pretty much said everything that needed to be said. I don't think that I needed to go into great detail about it. And because of that, because of because of what we did with Bagram, uh, we have now seen this snowball effect. And did I or did I not tell you before Biden stepped into office he was going to screw Afghanistan up? Did I or did I not? I said he was going to try and get us back into Syria and he was going to screw Afghanistan up. Well, he did airstrikes in Syria. He sent troops to Syria and... Afghanistan is FUBAR. Hashtag told you. Here we go again. I know I'm just a radio host with experience in this stuff, but, you know, hey, I'm just I'm just a radio host, right? Don't worry. I'm sure Nancy from accounting, who has had no military experience whatsoever, and her Twitter handle with more followers than me, I'm sure that she has more ex- expertise in this, and you should be listening to her because she's got more followers than I have on Twitter because I'm not on Twitter anymore. So listen to who has the most followers, right? Not to the person who might know what's going on. Um, Flashback. One year ago this week, 73 former Republican national security officials endorsed Joe Biden. 73. Friendly reminder, it was Republicans and Democrats who colluded with one another to get rid of Trump. It wasn't a Democrat conspiracy. I keep correcting all of you on this. It was Republicans and Democrats. It was the political class who teamed up to get rid of him. That's what it was all about. I've told you this over and over and over again. Some of you will not get it through your thick skulls that that's what happened. You are convinced it was 100% leftists in the Democratic Party that did it. That is not true. Start paying attention to what I tell you. 73 former Republican national security officials endorsed Joe Biden. Gee, uh, I wonder how they feel today. Now let's, let's take a look at another one. Um, flashback. Joe Biden overruled top military commanders on Afghanistan withdrawal. Oh, guess what? For those of you who are like, well, we might need to get rid of Joe Biden. He should resign. He won't. He's going to lie to you at 345 and we'll carry it live just so you can hear his lies in real time. And then we'll correct everything he says. But we will carry his speech at 345 if he wakes up from his nap and shows up on time. Joe Biden overruled top military commanders on Afghanistan withdrawal. VP Harris VP Harris, VP Harris played a key role. So Vice President Harris has been involved in what, two things? The border in Afghanistan and both are screwed up. Gee, that's a shocker. Who would have thought? Of course she was involved. You think Biden had any doing in any of this? Now, I want to remind everybody, as as Biden went out there and blamed Trump, like an imbecile, he went out there and blamed Trump. Oh, no, this is Trump's deal. I couldn't get, I couldn't back out of the deal. Now, you remember me telling you that Biden was doing what, what Obama did. Okay, I, I put this up on Facebook. Biden was doing what Obama did with Iraq, with Afghanistan. Obama came in and extended deployments in Iraq in order to take credit for the withdrawal so Bush didn't get that credit. And then he did the withdrawal completely different than Bush's plan was. And then I told you that Biden was doing the same thing. The Trump withdrawal was conditional on Taliban concessions, and the date was was uh, the end of May. Biden comes in, tears that deal up. He didn't keep that deal. He tears that deal up, and he extends it out to September 11th. And then he changes the date from September 11th to the end of August, which is why we have this fiasco now. And when it all goes south, as it was predicted to do, 
Biden says, well, it was Trump's fault. No, you did it. By the way, does anybody else find it a little interesting that Biden is out there telling everybody that I was backed into a corner? This is Trump's deal. I couldn't back out of the deal. This is the only Trump deal that you couldn't back out of. Oh, but you already backed out of it when you changed the date from May to September, and then you changed it again from September to August. So you've already altered the deal with Afghanistan. Here's the thing. I don't really care where you fall on this thing. I told you I had had grave concerns about how the Taliban was being negotiated with under the previous administration, too. But it wasn't us leading that. It was the Taliban and the government of Afghanistan. We were a mediator in that, that discussion. We don't get to drive those negotiations. I always told you my biggest fear was the best case scenario was we were going to have the exact situation of what we have with Hamas. That was always my biggest fear in Afghanistan. Kind of looks like that's what's happening, too. Another hashtag told you. You should start listening to me. I will bet you money, though. I will bet you John's life savings. Trump probably would not have shut down Bagram the way that he did. And I can guarantee you Trump would not have left thousands of Americans in that country to fend for themselves with instructions to hide. We're not coming for you. Which is what Biden did this weekend from vacation at Camp David. But you're supposed to feel bad for him because his wife fell and hurt her ankle. Does anybody out there, given Trump's history, anybody actually think Donald Trump would have left Americans in Afghanistan, given his history of retrieving Americans from all over the world when other administrations wouldn't? At the very least, if Afghanistan would have still collapsed with the Taliban, at the very least, Trump would have made sure our people were out first. More coming up, 95.3 MNC. Did you see that the American government was recruiting people to destroy documents in Afghanistan last week? Did you see that? There's an actual job posting about it. Hey, you good at shredding stuff? Come work for the government in Afghanistan. I wonder if they actually interviewed anybody before realizing they couldn't do that. 7,000 more troops are being sent to Kabul to try and and, uh, secure the area. And, and for the record, will it bring us up to like between nine and 10,000? I mean, they can do it. The real question is if they're going to. The government is completely collapsed in Afghanistan. Like I said, the, the corrupt president has, has filled several cars full of cash and took off. He's gone in the wind. He was, he was corrupt. Again, another shades of, of uh, Vietnam. The South was capable of beating the North. They just had too many corrupt people trying to take power to ever coordinate effectively. I would also like to remind everybody that uh, Newsbusters did an article back just a couple of days ago where they replayed all of the alphabet news agencies, ABC, CBS, NBC, 
criticizing Trump's decision to leave Afghanistan, but praising Biden's decision to leave Afghanistan. They played all of those montages and everything else. So I want you to I'll put it in the Daily Show prep. You need to take a look at all of this stuff. Um, Again, Biden blamed Trump. As I have highlighted already. There's a different plan that is being executed right now than was going to be executed under the previous administration, a completely different plan. And I also want to remind everybody that Joe Biden has been walking around for a number of years telling everybody about how he is the best expert on Afghanistan in all of Washington, D.C. because of his times on the Foreign Relations Committee. Joe Biden shouldn't be making this mistake if his credentials were as liberals have been saying his credentials were. But they're not. And just like uh, like Bob Gates said, he's been wrong on pretty much every foreign policy issue of uh, the last 40 years. We've gone over that list before. I'm not going to bore you with it now because he's going to be speaking in the near near future. We're going to carry that live here on the station. But I'm going to get to a one of the things here in just a little bit that is irritating me about Republicans today. I'll get to it. But uh, the Biden administration issued orders to Americans that are still left in Kabul. Their best chance of surviving is to hide. Why are Democrats so good at leaving Americans behind in, in war zones? Why do Democrats always do this? They did it in Saigon. They did it in Benghazi. They're doing it now. Why is it that Democrats have this, this rich history of doing this stuff? Trump has called for Biden to step down and resign in disgrace. He also blasted the idea that somehow this was his deal. And he pointed out, as we have pointed out previously on the show, and we'll point out again today, there was an agreement between the Taliban and the Afghan government that the United States was to enforce, that they were the United States was going to leave if the Taliban met concessions. The Taliban haven't met those concessions. So as Trump has pointed out, he would not have left even though he wanted to, because the Taliban wasn't keeping their end of the deal. When one side's not keeping their end of the deal, yeah, good, good, good chance that they're uh, they're trying to ramp up and and go to war again. I mean, this is a huge issue during the election. It's not like this is something that just came out of the blue. So for eight months, the Taliban's known Biden was probably the best opportunity. I mean, this is um, this is crazy stuff, and like. Regardless of what you believe about Trump, his history on going around the world and finding Americans and bringing them home, there's no way he, he would leave thousands of Americans in Kabul undefended and tell them to go hide. There's no way that would happen. Not under a Trump presidency, but it did under Biden. We got more coming up. Don't forget, uh, Biden will be speaking about 345 if he wakes up from his nap or if his butt's been wiped. We'll cover that, carry that live right here on 95.3 MNC.
Yeah, just just the ugly mug you want to see as we're waiting for Joe Biden to give his speech at 345 here in a couple of minutes. Uh, the betting is on whether or not he is going to make it on time. Uh, there's Carl Rove's ugly mug right there on, on Fox News. And for the record, I like Carl personally. I still think he's one of the funniest people I've ever interviewed. But his foreign policy and his political chops are not modern enough for my tastes. Um, the architect was the architect at a time where he needed to be the architect, but he has floundered greatly and mightily since then. It's a whole different world of technology that he didn't have to worry about when he was running things, so his expertise is kind of obsolete. But but as a human being, Karl Rove is one of the coolest people you will ever meet, and I, I sincerely mean that. And I've, I've told everybody before, when I interviewed him, this is not a joke, when I interviewed him in Las Vegas, I played the Imperial March as his theme music. And he laughed hysterically as I did it. Um, so, but yeah, it's I don't I I don't why he's still a, a pundit in in the capacity that he is. I I don't know. But Joe Biden is supposed to be giving his speech here in a couple of minutes. Tentatively, three forty-five. We will carry it live, but we don't know if he's going to be on time or not. We're not exactly sure. I want to run through a couple of things just to remind everybody of of the recent history here. These are just headlines. I'm not going to go into great detail about it. Uh, August 30th of last year, Afghan president appoints council to decide peace deal with Taliban. Okay. Just so everybody understands that. And the president, Ghana, or whatever his name is, um, he specifically reached out to his former presidential opponent, Abdullah. And they created this council to work with the Taliban for this day. Congressmen send letters urging Trump to immediately extract U.S. troops from Iraq and Afghanistan. And those are representatives Biggs and Massey, Republicans. And, and you've got a long, rich history of this. July 15th, last year, Pentagon says America is meeting its commitments in the U.S.-Taliban agreement. Now, again, the Taliban were not meeting their agreements. Which is why Trump says, don't. Don't blame me for any of this. This is all on you. First of all, you know, Biden has the authority to change anything he wants, which is why he changed the date. He changed the withdrawal date from May to September 11. And then from September 11 to the end of August, he's already changed the deal. He can go on TV today. He can go on TV over the weekend, whatever he wants, and tell everybody, I was backed into a corner with Trump's deal. That is not true. And even so, as we've said before, leaving the country in a combat capacity is one thing. Shutting down Bagram like he did, ignoring the generals like he did. Um, somebody pointed out, too, uh, there's a member of the militaries on my, my Discord server pointed out, said, don't forget the generals in Afghanistan ignored Trump's orders to slowly start downsizing and moving out of the country. That is also true. These are things that contributed to what we're seeing today. Uh, leaving Americans undefended in the country and abandoning them is not something that the Trump administration would have done. The Taliban, uh, March of 2020, the Taliban end peace deal uh, with the uh, the Afghan president and me saying hashtag told you. You know these are these are all things that have been happening just over the past year to let you know, hey, this thing was really going off of the rails. And there was a conditional agreement, and the Taliban weren't meeting the conditions of that agreement. And if they didn't meet the conditions of that agreement, Trump was saying he wasn't going to withdraw until they did. Biden didn't care. 
Biden should be speaking soon. We're going to take a quick timeout. We'll break in if he comes back. we got more coming up, 95.3 MNC. that we don't know when he's going to get here um he is supposed to be addressing the country by the way he was forced to do this he didn't want to basically what ended up happening is a bunch of democratic lawmakers paid a visit to him over the weekend and said you have to talk and as the situation deteriorated in kabul he he couldn't avoid it anymore so he's given a speech today basically because the democratic party said we need you to say something this is really bad and there's not much that we can do um, we were talking about this during the commercial break. My, my news director is my producer today, and he was pointing out that there's even some liberals in the media that are saying, no, this is all on Biden's doorstep. This is all him. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like I said, you can't, you can't escape it. You can't deny it. Hey, guess what else the Taliban is doing, though? The Taliban is proving to everybody that gun control works because the Taliban is walking around in Kabul, and they're taking everybody's personal firearms away. What's that? Okay, I'll get to, I'll get to it. So they're running around taking away everybody's firearms. So and, and of course the reason is now that we're here, the Taliban, you can all feel safe. You don't need guns anymore. <laughs> where have we where have we seen that before? So once again, proving that gun control does work again for the tyrants. It works works great for the tyrants. You know, maybe maybe the problem maybe I'm being too hard on people. I think that's what it is. Um, I, I'm known to do that. If people had just gone to Nutrition HQ, got some of the cognitive supplements to help with their brain functions, maybe they would have been able to understand what I was trying to tell them. Maybe they would have been able to see what was going to happen in Afghanistan. Maybe they would have been awake enough to be able to process what our military commanders were telling them for all of these years about a potential withdrawal from that country. But they didn't go to Nutrition HQ. But here's the thing. You don't have to make that mistake. You can go to Nutrition HQ at 5804 Grape Road in Mishawaka. Let them know that I sent you and sign up for their free rewards program. And just like that, you'll go in the system as my people and you will get 10% off just because you're a listener of this show. Whether you want the best tasting protein, whether you want something that might help with your cognitive ability, and they they certainly have supplements that help with that. Uh, If you're looking for energy, a pre or post workout, or if you're looking for a testosterone booster, maybe you want to try TB6. You know, that again, it's got a fat burner in it. It's got an energy booster in it. It's uh, got something to help you with water retention, and it has a mood enhancer, and, and a lot of you need that. Go to Nutrition HQ, 5804 Great Road in Mishawaka. Let them know that I sent you. Uh, I wrote an article about the Taliban um, confiscating everybody's guns at TheBurningTruth.us. I also put it in the daily show prep for everybody. Now, here's where I want I want to kind of admonish some Republicans out there. Don't use what's happening in Afghanistan the way the Democrats used what happened in Saigon to lie about the conflict, just to score political points. For those of you who do not remember, Democrats exploited the fall of Saigon to attack Nixon and Republicans. Harry Reid used Iraq to attack Bush 
I mean, all Democrats did, but Harry Reid's the one that went out there and said, this war is lost. They told you we lost Vietnam. We didn't. They told you we lost Vietnam, though, to, because it happened when a Republican was in office and the Democrats could blame a Republican for a loss in Vietnam, even though we hadn't been an active participant in that war for two years. But they wanted to do that. That was the imagery that they wanted out there. Harry Reid, this war is lost. And then he went on my show and denied ever saying this war is lost after the, uh, the surge turned everything around. Boy, General Petraeus is having some things to say today. Whew. He's been on fire. One of the greatest generals this country's ever had. I'm seeing Republicans do that now. And you're dishonoring our troops by doing it, so stop. Stop saying we lost Afghanistan and it's Biden's fault. We didn't lose in Afghanistan. We won our conflict in Afghanistan. The problem is that we're nice people and we decided we're going to help them build a country instead of doing what we maybe maybe should have done in a lot of people's minds is just leave. Our threat is gone. We, we killed our threat. We're going to go. I'm not saying that would be the right course of action. I'm saying there's a lot of people who have made that case over the years. Stop doing that. We didn't lose our war in Afghanistan. The fall of Kabul is not because of some military defeat. The fall of Saigon wasn't because of a military defeat. We didn't lose in Iraq because of a military defeat. Didn't happen. But those were used to make political points. And I'm watching Republicans all over for the past several days try to say, we lost Afghanistan because of Joe Biden. We didn't lose in Afghanistan. Afghanistan is still considered one of the greatest military victories of all time and how fast that happened, the way that it happened. But yeah, the Taliban still exist. And we, we didn't want to eradicate entire peoples. It happens. But stop trying to make that case. It's not appropriate and it's not right. And what you're doing is you're throwing our military under the bus by doing it. You may not be intending to do that, but you are. You're throwing them under the bus and you're saying, oh, our military lost a conflict, but it's Joe Biden's fault. No. And even what Bongino was saying, it's not the military's fault. This is a political thing. The conflict wasn't lost. Afghanistan was won. If the country falls after we stop fighting in it, that is not our responsibility. That doesn't count as an L in, in our win-loss column when it happens. We're not an active participant in this conflict. Vietnam didn't fall until two years after we left. Heck, the war didn't even restart until nine months after all of our troops were gone. People forget all of that. So when I'm, I'm looking at Republicans do what Democrats did in the 60s and what Democrats did in the uh, early 2000s with Iraq, and it's starting to irritate me quite a bit because you're okay falsely claiming that our military lost a conflict in order to keep, keep the pressure on Biden to defeat Biden in the midterms and, and take over Congress and then, of course, oust him from the White House in the general election, it's not appropriate. It's not okay. you got to stop. This, we will use our military and our police as pawns, and we don't really care if we're damaging them or their reputation or their ability to do their job. We don't really care about any of that. As long as we win elections, that mentality needs to stop from both sides. It's got to stop. Period. We set them up for a point where they can make a deal. They made a deal. 
The Taliban didn't uphold their end of the bargain. And Biden just said, well, we're going to leave anyway. And that's this is what you get when that happens. You know, the Taliban didn't need to wait. Why should they wait? We left Bagram. We left Bagram. We're clearly leaving the country. This is, um, it's just not appropriate. And I want to caution people from trying to do that because, again, whether you realize it, whether you're intending to do it, doesn't really matter. You are throwing our military under the bus in in order to try and and own Biden. That's not okay. It's also not historically accurate. Biden should be speaking here soon. He is running late. I know you're all shocked by that. Uh, But as soon as he comes up, we'll carry his speech live.